Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So baby Grogu's gone bye-bye. <laughs> baby Grogu? Wait. Baby Grogu's gone bye-bye. Did, did they announce his name? <laughs> I mean, not since the last time we, we recorded. You know, that's the, uh, that happened since the last time we recorded, I guess. Yeah, it did. He one went bye-bye. One of the many revelations that happened in, in The Mandalorian. Yeah. I kind of wish his name was a little cuter, but I've gotten used to it. I think I have the same exact opinion. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wish it was just, like, a cuter name. Right. I don't know. Like, maybe, like, Lumpy. <laughs> Lumpy. Yeah. The, <laughs> that would have been, yeah, it would have just kind of sent the fandom into into a tizzy. They should have named him Lumpa Wumparoo. Lumpa Wumparoo. They... Yeah. Yeah, I they I think I'm it. used to I'm used to Grogu by now though. Like yeah. we're like four up, no three episodes, four episodes since we've learned his name. So I'm good with it. Yeah. Okay, but how do you feel about not getting any Mandalorian next year? Uh, I mean, I'm fine with it. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of stuff that I want to watch, so I, I don't mind a break from the Mandalorian for a while so I can catch up on some other stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like a year away, you know, December of, of 2021. We'll get, no, no December. It's not coming out in 2021. It was pushed. When, when did they announce that? Uh, John Favreau talked about it on good morning America. So, uh, Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett, which we're going to talk about in a minute, it's coming out December around Christmas time of 2021, but the Mandalorian is not going to start production until after they're done with Boba Fett. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, bye Mandalorian for a year at least. Huh. I mean, it makes more sense because I remember when they announced the book of Boba Fett and the dates that were associated with it. I was like, oh, wow, they're going to come out at the same time. That's kind of weird. So, this this makes a little bit more sense. But I'm I'm cool with it. I'm used to waiting. I'm a Doctor Who fan. They make us wait years sometimes for, <laughs> for new seasons. So, Yeah. Well, I'm excited for the book of Boba Fett, which was one of the things they announced. But, I mean, they announced like five million things. So it's kind yeah. of like, okay, we'll see. Like, I know there's some of them that are in production. Like, they're working on them. And then there's the others where I'm like, we'll see if this sees the light of day. Right. Like yeah. I'm kind of like a half and half, and also I just don't really like trust the whole process with Lucasfilm right now. So I'm kind of like, let's just see. Yeah, we've been we've been burned before with stuff that's supposed to be coming or rumored to be coming and then never really happened. So there's definitely some of them that look like they're definitely happening, and then there's others that you know we'll believe it when we see it. But we yeah. can't we can't blow past Mandalorian yet. Why? Just because there's just because we didn't talk about. It. I'm not saying we're gonna spend a lot of time, like two more minutes. I'm but counting. there, there were some key things. I mean, a lot happened. We the last time, the last episode we talked about was chapter twelve. And then I don't know, right, man. I don't 
don't think really anything happened. Like, I think it was just kind of boring. I'm I think just you just kidding. burn out on talking about it. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's... Oh, my God. I'm so kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but the very next episode after we talked was when we got Ahsoka. And so I just, yeah. I just want to get a little bit of your reactions on, like, how excited you were, if you were excited to see that character in live action. Well, I have... I had said from the beginning that I had like no interest in seeing a live action version of Ahsoka. Like I did not want to see it. Like that was not something I wanted. And so when it did happen or like we kind of started to get the inkling that it was going to happen. Right. I was like, okay, we'll see, you know, whatever. And then when Bo-Katan mentioned her, I found myself getting kind of excited. And so I was like, all right, well, we're still waiting to see how I feel. And then once it happened and the way it was done and hearing or like reading the interviews that were done and there was a piece done by uh, the guy that interviews everyone. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Vanity but... Fair or yeah. whatever it was for. I was like, okay this is fine. I like this. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of gripes like some people had about her head tails and, you know, all that stuff or whatever I didn't, or her outfit or like I, none of that stuff even mattered to me because I just absorbed the Ahsoka that they gave us. And I thought it was a really well done performance. So for somebody that was like a hundred percent don't want this, I was pleasantly pleased, I guess. Yeah, I was kind of in the camp of I didn't need to see her live action and thought maybe she should stay animation. But um, I was fine with her coming to live action if that's what they decided. And I was happy with, with what they did with her. I thought it was pretty cool. And I actually really, really liked that episode overall. Not just her being in it, but just, just that episode in general. Yeah, it was really well done, but I it was, was Dave, really cool. so... <laughs> and I guess people got to get used to it, right? Because she's getting her whole, her, her whole show. So get used yeah. to her. That's, yeah. That's her. Yeah. I mean, you know, like the we've kind of talked about it, I think, or at least I have. I don't know if you and I have, but I feel like we have. That this version of Ahsoka is going to be just like another iteration of her. Like if anybody really expects them to make her exactly like how she was in the animated series, I think that, you know, they're, I don't know. They're, they're hoping for too much there. Expectations are too high. Yeah. And some know? things just don't translate that something that works in animation doesn't necessarily translate to live action. So that's just going to be Correct. the case across yeah. all of star Wars. There's going to be, even though it's all canon, all this stuff's canon that they're they're releasing, there's going to be little inconsistencies here and there just because of the realities of production. But, yeah, so that was pretty cool to see her come in the very next episode. Oh, by the way, if you haven't already figured it out, we're, we're, we're doing a little bit of Mandalorian spoilers right now. So um, <laughs> Yeah, we already spoiled some stuff. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I mean, that's like from a month ago, so hopefully it's, you know, okay. But um at this point we're going to continue to talk some spoilers so if you haven't watched the last like three or four episodes of mandalorian you might want to fast forward about five minutes but um we got the confirmation that you you assured me that boba fett was coming but we did get the confirmation that it's actually boba fett so that was cool to see <laughs> you're welcome yeah i was i was really that i was thrilled um yeah 
I love that. Also, episode. you and I took a bet, by the way. Did we? Yeah, we did. Because I said that the Book of Boba Fett was going to be a separate show. That's right. We did disagree. I thought it was going to be kind of the next chapter, the next book, quote unquote, book of the Mandalorian. Yep. Um, and you said it will be a separate show, and you were right. So I win. What do I win? Thanks for calling me out and you're in welcome. Public what in do front I of win? All of our listeners. What do I win? What do I win? I don't know. I'll send you a ten dollar Lego set. Oh wait, you already get tons of Lego. Never mind. <laughs> That's the um, thing you can't do. That. Yeah, <laughs> the worst gift for somebody that works like at the Lego store. Something that is Baby Grogu. Thank you. Oh, I'm literally. I have the Black Series Baby Grogu in my that. hand right now. I want something huggable. That's what I always. Something that people might not know about me when I podcast is I always have something that I fidget with in my hand. Yep, always. Usually it's a Lego. And right now it's a uh, Black Series Baby Yoda. Well, I don't want the Black Series Baby Yoda that you've been fondling. <laughs> Fidgeting is the correct word. <laughs> sure. Um, I want something more huggable. So last last thing. He's ignoring me. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to blow past what he I He is ignoring you. me right now. I don't please know that we said a, there was going to be any kind of payment. Please leave a tweet <laughs> or a comment on a post of ours somewhere or in our Facebook group about how he should give me a huggable baby Grogu. Thank there we you. go. We'll, we'll, we're open for ideas <laughs> on what I what I should give you. Um, we'll skip chapter fifteen just because there. Although I really like that episode, um, not super, nothing super eventful. Nah. No, the tragedy was one of the best things I've ever seen on freaking TV. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Boba Fett just like smashing the crap out of Stormtrooper armor. That was. Mm, and to see Tamora was... Morrison in that role was just. It just. I love how it all ties together. Yeah. In Star Wars. Honestly, like Robert Rodriguez did such a great job. And I'm so glad that Robert Rodriguez is a part of the book of Boba Fett. Because. Mm, yes. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Moving. Yeah. And so just the end, we can. We can stop talking about Mandalorian after this, I promise. But the the final episode of the Mandalorian of the season was they they hit us with a big surprise at the end. It was like it was like the writers were thinking, you know, we know Aaron is gonna be really excited to see Boba Fett back, but how can we top that? Mm-hmm. That's what they did in the final reveal, the Mandalorian to see. To see that X-Wing show up, to see that Jedi show up, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. I Never in a million years would I have guessed that they would have brought Luke Skywalker into the Mandalorian. That's just, I would have bet money against that. <laughs> well, you would have lost. Yes. Just like you lost to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, they couldn't, there was no way for them to go, like, smaller than Boba Fett or Ahsoka. Like, the only place they could go was bigger. Like, what other Jedi would they use? I don't know. I, there, I yeah. had my theories of who the Jedi... And I didn't even think necessarily it had to be a Jedi that showed up at this point. You know, I thought that's something that could happen next season. Um, but if there was going to be a Jedi, you know, there's I had my theories on who it may be. And Luke was on the list of possibilities. But I was just like, eh. Partially because... He's just such an iconic character. I just didn't think they'd bring him into this show. And then the other side of it was just the casting side of it. Like, how do you make that work? Yeah. So. 
I didn't think, I think it was it very was done really well. Yeah, I thought they did as good as you could expect. I mean, it was a little weirdness with the digital, you know, kind of deep fake type thing going on, but I thought it worked fine. Mm-hmm. We see enough of that in Hollywood now that we're kind of gotten used to just giving it a pass that it's not perfect. At least that's what I thought. I don't focus on it that much. I feel like people are nitpicking when that's what they focus on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that was there for like two seconds, guys. Yeah, like, it's the story. It's a story, I think, that matters more and the little digital things like that that, you know, come on. It's it's a sci-fi. I don't, it's not sci-fi. It's science it's fantasy. Sci-fi slash fantasy but yeah. there's going to be special effects and they're not going to always look great. And if you look back at the old movies, you know, all that stuff's already dated anyways. Yeah, it so. is. I don't know. Whatever. I thought the episode was great uh, The final for the finale. I just love the fact that it was like an all-female squad that was going in there and like wrecking shop on some Imperials. That was one of the coolest things ever. Also getting to see uh, Sasha Banks or... Koska is her character's name. Do her finishing move. That was awesome. She does her wrestling finishing move. Uh, I saw uh, it. I was like, yeah. I started screaming like wrestling stuff. It was pretty funny. (laughs) She's cool. Um, Everybody that they've brought in, all these new characters, or even just like Bo-Katan being there, or her being there. um, I'm blanking on the name of the character. Fennec Shand? Yes. Yeah, I was blanking on her name. But she's awesome. Like, yeah, she's, she's so cool. awesome. So cool. I agree. So, and I, I'm glad that she's going to be part of the the Boba Fett series moving forward too. I think that's going to be that's going to be cool. So. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Fat Bip Fortuna was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. I I agree. Um, Matt. I the fact that it was Matt Wood had, too. Like, yeah. Wow. I just wish it had been there had been a Kowakian monkey lizard there laughing, <laughs> like when he got killed. Like I, that would have been the best. It was so dark how they just shot him and then just rolled him out of the chair it was awesome very dark um and i missed that i missed the after credit scene i didn't realize really um yeah i watched it initially kind of in a hurry just because i was trying to avoid spoilers from twitter so i just like woke up and tried to watch it as fast as i could you know but you i also was still that right working. it's called don't open twitter i know but i was also working that day so i had to like actually do work so as soon as the credits started i was like okay turn it off, get get to my first meeting or whatever. And then later on, while I was in a meeting at work, somebody was like, did you see the after credits scene? I'm like, oh no, I did not. Don't tell me anything. <laughs> so yeah, I, I it, it was the credits were just playing in, in the background and I was like getting ready to turn it off. And then it came on and I was like, what is this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was but. pretty cool. Oh, but we also got like a crap ton of news, by the way. So much news. We were talking about it earlier, but there's a lot a lot of these to talk about. I feel like we can't possibly talk about them all. So which two are you the most excited for of all the announcements for Star Wars projects? Ooh, um, which two? So I'm very, I think Andor is something we already knew was coming. So that doesn't count as one of my two, but <laughs> I'm really excited for that. I think that that looks really cool. But the Acolyte has me really intrigued just because it com- it's like in that High Republic era, kind of at the end of that High Republic is what they said. And just the kind of logo for that where they have like a lightsaber slash across of it. Looks like a dark side 
type thing going on. That one, that one definitely has me intrigued, and not one I expected. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, my number one that I'm interested in is Andor. I've been waiting for the Cassian show since they announced it because I mean, I honestly, I love Rogue One. I have found that that is one of my more favorite recent Star Wars films to watch is Rogue One. And so I'm just like, can you please just give me Diego Luna already? Yeah, and they showed like him talking about it and kind of showing some of the production stuff. So it got me really excited for it just because that was one that had been kind of rumored like, oh, maybe it's not going to make it. You know, they're kind of stalling on it. Maybe that one won't see the light of day. So the fact that they really brought it to the forefront and there's like that really cool logo and everything, it's like, okay, this one's actually happening. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I'm with you. Rogue One is just one of my favorite things that has come out in new in new disney star wars so yeah um probably ahsoka would be the next one i mean if you don't count kenobi um because that's another one we already knew about but ahsoka might be the other one that was announced that i'm that i'm super excited for yeah so i think for me it's the acolyte rangers of the new republic and ahsoka because they're all like tying into the same timeline of the mandalorian mm, yeah so like i'm curious about all of that connectivity i would say though i am really pumped for the patty jenkins movie for rogue squadron like that does excite me a lot yeah i mean honestly pretty much everything they announced i'm really excited for i think the only thing that kind of was like take it or leave it was probably like a droid story <gasps> might not be up my alley as much I'm just kidding <laughs> oh. <laughs> um and the visions thing sounds kind of cool as far as like it's it interesting an, an anime type thing which i do enjoy anime but i don't think it's gonna have as much it's gonna just be kind of one of those one-off things that'll yeah. have some fun th but it's not gonna have the huge impact on the overall star but wars story there's gotta be some of that for the kids you know what i mean yeah look they're not just making star wars for you okay right oh i know that's <laughs> I gave up on that a long time ago. Um, what was the the I guess the anime the um, uh, Bad Batch is the other one that oh yeah is probably like my next least interesting. one. Yeah, I'm not really interested. We'll see. The only thing I'm interested in that is that Phoenix Shan's character is in that as uh, a when okay. she's younger. So that could be cool. That that's interesting. But okay, we have quite a bit to talk about though for our review today, so we should probably move on. Yeah, we, we are going to be talking about a book. So, we are. We are. We yes, so today on this episode, we are covering, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back. My not favorite Star Wars movie. But it's okay. It's fine. I'm just waiting for the certain point of view, Return of the Jedi. We'll get there. Eventually. Uh, our publisher is Del Rey. Author, lots. Lots of different ones. The release date was November 10th of 2020, and this publisher summary is super long, uh, but I will, I will, I will try. Okay. You probably skip the, like, the little, like, story summaries, maybe? Because that would take yeah, a while. Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. All <laughs> right, publisher summary is. 
celebrate the legacy of The Empire Strikes Back with its exciting reimagining of the timeless film featuring new perspectives from 40 acclaimed authors. On May 21st, 1980, Star Wars became a true saga with the release of The Empire Strikes Back. In honor of the 40th anniversary, 40 storytellers recreate an iconic scene from The Empire Strikes Back through the eyes of a supporting character. From heroes and villains to droids and creatures, from a certain point of view, features contribu- contributions by best-selling authors and trend-setting artists. And that's all I'm going to read because <laughs> the rest of it is this huge like story summary thing. But there's lots of awesome stories here. And if you aren't sure where to even begin just go to the wikipedia page for it because it has like the stories who they're written by and the prominent character and also the way this is set up is from the beginning of the film to the end of the film so you can kind of figure it out based on like where the stories fall like where like it's not random yeah it kind of it goes a bit chronological so the first stories are going to be kind of be like Hoth, and then it's going to kind of move along from there. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about our honorable mentions first, because we're just going to mention these and just like a brief thing that we like about them so that you guys can check these out, and then we'll go into our top three. That's how we decided to do this, is we each have three that we like. And I know for me, I just want to talk about kind of how I read this. I did it via audiobook because that's how I do everything. And I wanted to do that because of, there's different different voice actors that are doing the the reading. So I thought that would be fun just to see like what they did. And I hopped around all over the place. I used the chapters on Audible and I like found the stories written by the authors that I have really liked their past work. And I was kind of hopping around. And then after that, I kind of hopped around through the timeline of areas that I was like, huh, I wonder what this one is because it's probably on Bespin or whatever. Uh, So that's how I read it. How do you do read it? So I did the audiobook for the first maybe two or three stories, and then I did the rest just reading them, and I and I admittedly didn't read all of them. No, I um, didn't. I skipped a couple that just I knew weren't going to really interest me that much, and I probably will go back and read them all eventually, but just for the purpose of the re- reviewing it on the podcast, I just focused on the ones that either by like an author that I really enjoyed or a character that I thought I would wanted to know more. But some of the ones that were about kind of no-name characters, um, I did skip. So hopefully I didn't miss any diamonds in the rough, but I probably did. Oh, I'm sure we both did. <laughs> I am sure we both did. Okay, so our first honorable mention, and we actually both put this down, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It should be in my top three, but it's not because of the way that it is, um, the way that it's written, which is The Dragon Snake Saves R2 by Katie Cook. And this one is a comic in the middle of the book, which I thought was just fantastic. I'm like, yes, yes, it is. And it's literally one page. Yeah, it's book. a one page comic, but it's by Katie Cook. So it's by it's... Katie Cook, so it's awesome. And I actually did listen to the audiobook version of this. It's about a minute long, and it's hilarious. Because it's just sounds and stuff. 
and then I had to, of course, go find the book and like look at the actual comic. And I'm like, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> so basically, this is when the thing is grabbing R2 in the swamp water. But the dragon snake is concerned about R2. He doesn't want him to die. So, you know, he spits him out and says bye bye. Right. He's like, get out of here. Which They're doesn't really jive cute. with the. Cause it, because this is all set in empire strikes back a couple of the stories mention the dragon snake and um you know so different takes on this character for sure this was the cutest version this is the only version that matters this is the canon version the katie yeah. Cook canon version the katie cook canon version <laughs> i will say most of the stories um there's probably an exception for maybe like two or three but most of the stories kind of felt like okay this was written um to align with you know canon and not necessarily being an alternate universe type thing mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay what was one of yours um so i put some honorable mentions on here honestly I, there's way more there's just so many that as i read through this i really really liked a number of these stories so i'll mention the, a couple of the ones that stuck out to me but i might just do like a super quick list at the end too but um one of the first ones, and this was one I actually heard on audio, was uh, Hunger by Mark Oshiro. Yes. And because, because it's read by Sam Witwer. Yeah, I was going to say, I think this one really resonated with me just because of Sam Witwer. And he did, you know, he's basically um, doing a perspective of the Wampa mm -hmm. on Hoth um, and kind of what happened to that character. Um, how the rebels came in and basically took over his dream home <laughs> yeah um and separated from him from his family and and you get it from sam whitworth's voice and sam whitworth does just that really good kind of darth maul pained dark oh. kind mm -hmm. of voice and it really worked well for the story so it really I stood out to mean, me i think you mean dark and sexy voice i, well, think I, that's don't, I don't think it's sexy but <laughs> it's cool he has a cool voice i guess <laughs> He does have a cool voice. Yeah, I I love hearing him do audiobooks because he does have a really cool voice for audiobooks. Yeah. I agree. That was a good one. I only read like half of that one, though. I didn't get through all of it because then I started like skipping around and stuff. Okay, so my next honorable mention is because I'm sticking with the theme here, uh, okay. which is She Will Keep Them Warm, which is by Delilah Dawson. This is from the Tauntauns perspective that the rebels have uh, imprisoned, essentially, taken captive. And it's from the matriarch of the herd's perspective. And you get a lot of really warm moments with Leia and her spending time with the Tauntauns, but you also find out that the Tauntaun that Luke rode out on that the wampa eats was her daughter and then she's the one that han rides out with to go find luke so you know she's gonna die so it was kind of sad but it was good and i was like oh tauntauns <laughs> i will admit this is one i skipped yeah well it yeah. might be a diamond in the rough as soon as it started i was kind of like okay not for me i just need yeah i just needed to find something else <laughs> so. Yeah, I liked it though because I like Tauntaun and Delilah Dawson, which yeah, kind of an odd, interesting choice for her, just because she's such a well-known Star Wars author. Yeah, 
Yeah, she's a good author. But she went for Tauntauns. She went for Tauntauns. She likes them. <laughs> um, this one almost made my top three. But the the truest duty, hmm. which was uh, about General Veers, it was a really it was cool because and they had a few of these that were from kind of an Imperial's perspective, but he to me is one of the more notable Imperial characters that doesn't really have a lot of screen time, mm-hmm. but he resonates like he you know he's one that you just the name for whatever reason Veers is easy to remember the way that he looks, um, he's kind of one of the more iconic background characters I guess you could say. Um, you know, driving that ATAT. So, yeah, it was kind of cool to see from his perspective. And then there was always kind of that wonder because he, you know, obviously it looks like he dies in the movie when the the ATAT explodes. But this story kind of reveals that he actually survived that blast, um, and he's still like very loyal to the Empire. So, I thought it was cool to see things from his perspective. Yeah, and that one's by Christy Golden. Oh yeah, which is. I like her a lot. So, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. One of mine. One of mine. So I, I'm gonna. I know you listened to this one or started it. Uh, Rendezvous Point by Jason Fry. This one was long though. Yeah. Like audiobook, it was like an hour. <laughs> Jason Fry took. He took I'm every like, page they gave night. him. Night. Yeah, this was actually cool, though, because it was about Wedge Antilles and recruiting a new squadron, like, after Luke goes missing, you know, and stuff like that. And I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good story, and I liked hearing from the, you know, from Wedge's perspective. I really liked that. But it was long. It was just really long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a... I that would be you know that definitely would have been on my list of honorable mentions because my list would be pretty long, but I I did like that one. It was long, um, it, like you said, it was a long story, but it was cool to see kind of wedge um, establishing this kind of ragtag group of of what he refused to call Rogue Squadron because he he felt like it was too soon to use that name since he had lost so many friends. Yeah. Yeah, although the Contessa character is weird, and I'm not really sure who that is. Yeah, I kind of got, I was interested to see if maybe that was a character that I'm supposed to know who she is. Maybe I missed her in some stuff. Yeah, cause because I don't she know seemed who she important. is. Yeah, I have, to, I have to look her up. Okay, any other honorable mentions for you? I'm going to say this one, uh, Faith in an Old Friend, which is a story about L3. This is by Brittany N. Williams. And I've always, you know, ever since the Solo movie and L3 kind of becoming part of the Millennium Falcon, is one of those things you kind of wondered what that was, you know, has she completely lost her consciousness? You know, how much of her is still there? Um, Is she still, you know, is the Falcon basically just her? Uh, So it was kind of cool to see they got into a lot of detail on kind of what the computer systems of the falcon are like and the fact that she is still very conscious in there um and still kind of misses lando and um when lando goes onto the falcon you know she she got to see him and all that it was just cool like i didn't expect that was one that really surprised me when i came across it in this book because i didn't expect to get a story about l3 in a book about empire strikes back oh that's cool yeah i need to read that one you told me about it i just didn't have time to get to it before before we were recording tonight. So I am interested in that one. Um, my last one, 
my last honorable mention. And I think I had mentioned the same version of the story because this this is done in both um, both from a certain point of view. Uh, it's by Todd or Tom Engelberger. And so it's the very last one. It's the wheels strike back <laughs> and it's read by Jonathan Davis and Mark Thompson. And they have just have like these two characters that are the wills, right? Right. They have the greatest ridiculous banter and there's mention of star Trek. There's mention of lumpy. There's like just all kinds of stuff. And he was like, just at points where it's like, why don't you just shut up? Like, so, <laughs> so, so funny. <laughs> I was laughing my butt off. And I think that those are, you know, how Tom Engelberger writes them is just fantastic. <laughs> it's them doing the opening crawl, basically. Yes, yes. Which they the one is saying it, and then the other one is criticizing everything they're saying. So, yeah, it's it's hilarious. Yeah, I love, there's this one, I have the book right in front of me, so there's this one thing where he goes, no room for the Wampa attack, no room for Will Rose inspiring bravery, <laughs> but let me guess, you're going to find room for Yoda's root leaf stew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. He says, well, doesn't he say at one point, he says, oh my knock. Oh, yeah, he says, oh my knock. <laughs> <laughs> And like there's this part where he says evading the dreaded Imperial Starfleet and then Mark Thompson's character says wait Starfleet did you just say Starfleet are Kirk and Spock going to show up next he said I don't even know what Kirk and Spock are <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a great way to end the book too because it's the final the final story and it ends it on like a really funny funny note because you know what Star Wars shouldn't take itself so seriously sometimes yep Okay, well, let's go into our top three, which apparently you have changed. Well, I didn't I feel actually. Like it's not you, fair. I didn't change it because you you said I can't, so I left I left the L three story out of my top three, but I was gonna switch it. So this is my oh. original top three. Okay, all right. Uh, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Um, I can go first. Um, so let's see. Out of these three, maybe I should start with my least favorite. I'll go. They're not with... in order. No, I just put them on here. They're in order of when they came in the book. But, I'm just kidding. Uh, Disturbance by Mike Chen mm. was and actually... This is one I did not read. This was actually from the Emperor's point of view. Emperor Palpatine, otherwise really? known as Darth Sidious. And it was pretty cool because he, in this story, he has like a vision. Um, a dark side vision of him being killed by like an apprentice. But then he quickly realizes that his vision is actually Darth Vader's vision. And he's seeing it through Darth Vader's eyes. Mm. And in this vision, it's pretty much Anakin's like wish for what should have happened. Uh, that he never turned into Darth Vader. He's still dark side. But he's still Anakin, as we know Anakin before Vader. He's still married to Padme. His son, Luke, is his apprentice, his dark side apprentice. Uh, so it's kind of like a dark side, happy family. Um, that would never have happened, though. Yeah, it wouldn't have, but it was kind of like this. would never have tolerated that. Right. But they it's just a dark side vision, and it's just really interesting to kind of read about this almost like an alternate reality of what could have happened, I guess, um, and maybe what Anakin would have liked to have happened, um, you know, for him to be able to take over the galaxy 
on his own terms instead of being kind of enslaved to the emperor and his fantasy of kind of killing the emperor. So, yeah, it was, it was actually really, really interesting. If you haven't read it, I would definitely recommend checking that one out. Mm, I don't know. Sounds weird. Maybe. Maybe I'll try it. I don't. I don't know. Okay, so my one of my top three, and this was one that I was pleasantly surprised with. This is when I originally got the book and I just started reading. So, And it just sort of stuck with me. Uh, Eyes of the Empire by Kirsten White says the very first story in the book, but it's about a character named Mayela, and she is a part of the Empire's team that deploys the probe droids. And she's actually from the from the planet where they actually make them. And so she wanted to go into the Empire because she was tired of seeing just the same old crap all the time. And she wanted to get out. And she enjoys seeing the world through the probe droids, or the galaxy, I guess, through the probe droids' eyes. And she slowly throughout the story starts to realize some things about herself. She realizes that maybe what she's doing isn't the right thing to be doing. You know, she helps find the rebel base on Hoth, but then she goes into a different probe droid and they're like, she's looking around on Hoth and sees the destruction from the battle on Hoth and realizes that all these people were killed because of the fact that she found the rebel base on Hoth. Empire people, rebellion people. And so she is starting to realize that maybe what she's doing isn't the best thing. But as she as she goes through, she's looking through the probe droids, feeds and stuff, and she finds footage from Dagobah. And of Luke and this is like her hero moment almost like she's like no I'm not gonna let the Empire have this and she deletes it and that's almost like what becomes her mission is deleting footage of things that could cause more bloodshed which is just kind of interesting and I was like that's kind of cool Cool. Yeah, I read I read that one. Um, yeah, it's definitely the other side of this book. You know, you have the ones that focus on the big name characters, and then you have the ones that focus on these characters you've never heard of, but kind of their perspective on things. So that was, yeah, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. My next one, I'll say this one was another surprise, but this is a, it's one called Kendall by Charles Yu. It's actually about Admiral Ozel. I know people. I I read this one too, but I, I found myself, neat. and I actually did this one on audio. Um, but I found myself really, um, almost having like an emotional reaction to the story, and kind of he. It's basically just him, in his um, you know, as he's dying, and he's kind of going through a real quick recap of his life, and and as it's describing how he's dying, but then also him thinking through the history of his life. And it was really, it was very sad. (laughs) Like I was kind of like feeling really bad for this guy. Um, You know, he had a fiance at one point who wanted him to join the rebellion. Uh, You know, he was remembering this childhood friend of his 
But by the end of it, he kind of realized that there wasn't really a friend. He was just thinking of his own childhood. So it was just really cool, really well written, um, and make it's going to definitely make me every time I watch Empire Strikes Back now and I see this guy, I'm going to think completely differently about him. Right. Yeah, it was really interesting as he was going through the process of dying by choking. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't know. I, I was very enthralled. It's so weird. I feel like I have such a dark side. For lack of a better like, word, it was very gripping. It, yes. Yes, it was very gripping. It really had a hold on me. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this one was good. I, this was a this was definitely a favorite. Yeah, I um I read that because it was on your list. Oh, good. I'm glad. And I was like, huh. Okay. I also like the fact that his fiance wanted him to join the rebels, but he chose the Empire. They kept mentioning in the story how, how people had suspected he may have been a rebel a sympathizer, a rebel spy. And they mentioned it enough that it almost made me wonder if there was some kind of legend story that he was, and they were trying to reference that. So I might take a little bit of research to see if that was, you know, Referencing something else, or if that was just kind of only there for the story. Because hmm. I don't That's remember. Okay, well, my next one is For the Last Time by Beth Revis. And I immediately wanted to read Beth's story. I like everything else she's written for Star Wars, but I am slightly reminded of the fact that she does have a pretty dark side. So I'm like, hmm, is this going to, what is this going to be? So this is actually a story about Admiral Piet. And of course it's right after Ozil dies and he takes over. And so Piet talks about Ozil and, you know, how weak he is and all this stuff. And like, he's not going to be weak and he deserves this and all this other stuff. And the main focus of the story, though, is he's going to go talk to Vader and he walks into Vader's chambers before Vader has his head thingy on. And so he sees his head, he sees his scars, he sees all the things that are making Vader Vader. And he has this whole debate in his head like does he even have eyes like all this stuff and then he starts to pity him because he starts to see Vader as a man and not this grand Sith Lord ruling by fear and he almost lets it cloud his judgment of how he interacts with Vader and he has to have this like realization moment of no you know he's he's ruling by fear that is what is going to get us the farthest that's going to further my career you know and then but lingering in the back is the fact that now he knows that he's just a man and that's starting to cloud Piet's vision of Vader which I was like that's so interesting and weird <laughs> I don't know there was just something about it that I was like um so it's kind of cool to go into these Imperials' heads that we just know their names and what they think of things. Yeah. And you know. Even how they look at each other because I think right. 
the Veers story talks about Ozel and Piet, I think. And the Piet story talks about Ozel. And they all have different perspectives on the same character. Um, and Piet even says that he kind of set Ozel up. Yeah. Like, he's the reason why Ozel yeah, failed. Yeah, he set him up. So you kind of see Ozel differently where you're like, oh, he's a little more sympathetic. But then now you see Piet is like, man, he's just a jerk. Um, and yeah, he's he even was talking about how he would want to see himself next to the emperor. So it's like, dude, this guy is just delusional. You know, that he thinks that he would ever reach those heights. Um, and he, we all know he dies anyway. So, but yeah, so it was it was cool to see these different Imperials that don't get a ton of screen time to get get inside their heads. All right, my last one. Your last one. Okay, so my last one is going to be Rogue 2 by Gary Whitta. Okay, this... really quick, really quick. Yeah. I read this again because it was on your list. I do like Gary Whitta though. So I this would have been one that I would have read anyway. And I have a feeling I'm going to agree with everything that you say about this one. So go. Oh, okay. So it's kind of an honorable mention for you? <laughs> yeah, totally. Actually, it probably would have been in my top three. Yeah, this was early but on in the book. But I didn't want to cross over. Like, I didn't want us to have the same top three because then we right. don't, we're not talking about enough stories. <laughs> but right. it definitely would have been in there. Yeah. Um, this one was really cool. It's about Zev Seneska, who is the pilot, uh, that the snowspeeder pilot that actually ends up finding Han and Luke, but they kind of tell the background of it's all from his perspective. And they're talking about, you know, Luke going missing and then Han going missing and then how they have this kind of pool going on, like who's going to find them first. Um, Leia gets involved, kind of inspirational speech from Leia. Um, they talk about ro the Rogue One crew. They talk about the. Or oh, or I loved it. Oh my God. <laughs> Jin Erso gets name dropped. They talk about how, um, you know, they named it Rogue Squadron, but they purposely didn't uh, give anyone the designation of Rogue One because they Aww. because they felt like that was in honor of the original Rogue One, um, which was that crew. So yeah, it was just really, really cool to get all that history behind it. Um, Zev Seneska just was an interesting character's perspective. Uh, also, we know he does not survive the battle, so it kind of makes it even that much more um, kind of sad to see kind yeah. of one of his last acts was to find Luke and Han and actually, you know, kind of help save them. So He was going to have so much money. <laughs> yeah, he won the pool, right? <laughs> he won the pool. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was a, like an early favorite as soon as I read that one because it's one of the first, you know, stories in the book. Right. And it was... Uh, it, it lasted through as I was reading the rest, you know, not, not many others kind of rivaled it. Yeah. I just love the fact that Gary would have like that. It was him that wrote this, you know, he did have a hand in rogue one. So it's sort of, mm. it's just kind of awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's like, it's all coming together. And then also just, you know, Gary Wood is a favorite of mine in the geeky fandom world because he, when the pandemic was, you know, it started, he started an online live stream late night talk show about Animal Crossing, the video game. Oh, I had <laughs> called no idea. Animal, called Animal Talking. And he's had all kinds of celebrities on it and it's done as his Animal Crossing character. It's like not his face. It's so awesome. 
And then he actually just, and he started another one in August about another video game called Fall Guys. And so anyway, he's just been doing this stuff over the pandemic. Uh, I was like, you know, this is awesome. And then he writes this and I'm just like, okay, you're super, I like you. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I agree. Like the the Rogue One tie-ins, all that stuff, like the way that Zev was talking, you know, and then just hearing his voice in my head of, this is Rogue 2. I found them. I repeat, I found them. You know, you just hear it, like, in your head. Yeah. Okay, my last one is called Wait For It, and it's by Zoretta Cordova. And this is actually Boba Fett's story. But let me just say how pleasantly surprised I was when it was voiced by John Hamm. I was like, yes, I found the John Hamm one. Because <laughs> they don't ever list like who voices which stories anywhere. And so when I went to read this one, I went to read it because it was by Zoraida Cordova. I had no idea it was going to be about Boba Fett. Pleasant surprise there. And then that it was voiced by John Hamm. And I was like, ugh, all of the things meshing together. And it was such a cool story because it's talking about all the bounty hunter characters from Boba Fett's perspective, you know, coming together because Vader wants them to find Han and all this stuff. But he's interacting with Bosk and Dengar, which we saw him with in the Clone Wars. And they actually go through and like kind of revisit some of the stuff that happened in the Clone Wars and they talk about Lach Razi really briefly and, you know, just things like that. So bringing in all of that it was like, oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, this was an honorable mention for me as well. And I purposely didn't listen to the audio just because I knew it was going to be John Hamm. He did. What? He did the Boba Fett story in the last book. Oh, yeah. And I remember listening to that one. It kind of threw me off just because John Hamm, Boba Fett just doesn't sound right to me. Uh, so I purposely didn't listen to the audio this time uh, because it just would be weird. But the story was really good. Yeah, it was cool. I like John Hamm. I like him too. He's great. He's just not Boba Fett. His voice doesn't sound anything like Boba Fett. No, what you're talking about, Willis. <laughs> yeah, so those are my favorites, but there's still so many to read and like stuff that I'm interested in. And I'm going to say something that's going to be like very... <gasps> Oh, my God. So prepare yourself. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I got to get it together first. (laughs) So from a certain point of view and all these stories from all these different viewpoints and aspects and smaller characters and stuff, it actually made me like Empire Strikes Back more and made me think, huh, I should go watch this. (gasps) Oh, my God. Okay, that's fair. I mean, that's actually huge, though. It's th- huge because Empire Strike. Look, no, for me, I tell this to people when they ask me these questions. But no Star Wars movie is bad, but Empire Strikes Back for me is just more at the bottom. It's not one of the ones when I think about watching a Star Wars movie, I don't immediately think of Empire Strikes Back. Like that's not one of the ones I turn to to just watch for fun, you know. So this making me want to revisit and go watch and stuff now that I've read this and I have more context, you know, whether it's canon, canon adjacent, not canon adjacent, you know. Right. It's, um, that's a big deal. And that's what I think, like, the Star Wars literature does such a good job of of making 
some of these elements of Star Wars more interesting. I've had that reaction with the prequels. I wasn't um, the prequels weren't always my favorite movies, and a lot of the literature that came out around the prequels got me more interested in or made me appreciate the prequels more. So I can totally see where you're coming from. Um, Empire Strikes Back is not my favorite Star Wars movie, but it's probably in my top four. So, so I definitely am not on the same page with you on that. But um, I absolutely can understand reading something and making you more interested in something maybe you weren't as interested in before. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to just kind of do a quick buzz through on, on some of these that we didn't mention, just because they're worth mentioning. There's a story about Ray Sloan, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord Vader Will See You Now by John Jackson Miller. That was cool to see. Tooth and Claw by Mike, Michael Coggy is a Bosk story. Oh, um, I need to read that. Obi-Wan Kenobi has a story. There's always another told from his perspective as a Force ghost. Uh, kind of thinking about how he's still entangled with the Skywalkers and thought that maybe death would get him out of that. Um, Jackson, the the rabbit-looking character from the original Marvel comics, <laughs> has a story, which is fun. Uh, Dengar IG-88 have a story called No Time for Poetry. And what else? There's, I think that's pretty much the other notable ones that I wanted to point out. Wilro Hood does have his own story, and it's called Do on Batu. I did not read that one, but I will be reading that one just because of the title. It's got me interested. Yeah, it was it was cool. I, for whatever reason, this one was a daunting. Like I saw it sitting on my bookshelf. I put off reading it. It was just like it just felt like a lot to take yeah. on, and I had a lot to read with other things, and I kept putting it off, putting it off. But as as it goes, you know, we got to review it at some point, so I had to read it, and so. I really found myself maybe a little bit intimidated by this book, and then once I started getting into it, I really, really liked it a lot. So this was this was a good one. No, I would agree. I think that's that's about how I felt as well. But I feel like I felt that way for the last one too. Uh, I did want to mention really quickly here, though, that we did ask in our in our Facebook group like some people's favorite oh, yeah. stories. So Brian Sims said, too many to list, but Tooth and Claw written by Michael Kogi always stands out. So there's another one um, for the Michael Kogi story. Uh, Jennifer Sipes said, I haven't been able to acquire my copy yet, but being that this is my favorite movie, they are all wonderful, and I give it five stars. <laughs> or no, five, five bookworms. She said five bookworms. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes, Someone go, picked Jennifer. up on that? Oh. I, need to, I need to reply to that. I shall do that right now. That's yes awesome. bookworms <laughs> ratings live response on air 21 trend okay uh let's see larry nolan said kindle by charles Yu, and jeff voigt said i like the hoth story so much more than the bestman stories which surprised me my top three are ion control rogue two and a naturalist and hoth so I'll definitely need to check out those other two. Yeah. So we would love to hear from you guys, though. Um, send us an email, and we will definitely read the email on the show. I keep saying that to people. People don't send us emails. Look, I know it's complicated, and it's hard sometimes. Actually, leave us a comment in our Facebook group, and that's, we'll read them. Yeah, that's more likely to happen. Probably more people likely. People don't really email that much anymore. Yeah, people don't email that much. But if you want to email us, starwarsbookrooms at gmail.com, you can also uh, – yeah, m- you know, bring it up in our Facebook group and we will gladly, 
gladly, gladly read your read your thoughts on the show. Uh, man, this went by really fast, but I was pleasantly surprised by this book, so I give it five bookworms. Well, uh, give in. I'm, just give in. I'm just going to say I liked it. Jennifer wants us to do bookworms, so we have to. <laughs> we have to do it. How many bookworms? I like the book. I don't like giving things like a number of things. But they're bookworms. I know, but it's too like, it boxes you in. I don't know. I give it five. So, five? Really? You give it five? Yeah, because it's just Like one of the best Star Wars books you've ever read. It's just fun. Okay. Like, just because I give one thing five doesn't mean I can't give like 50 other things fives. Okay. I liked it a lot. It was really fun. Okay, five bookworms. All right, so you can find us on Twitter at SW Bookworms. You can also find us on Instagram by the same. You can email us starwarsbookworms at gmail.com or you can go and join our Facebook group. Just search for Star Wars Bookworms and you will find it there. But please make sure you answer the questions that pop up so that we can make sure that you are a real bookworm and then we can let you in. I did have to decline some member requests due to lack of answering questions. So, just letting you guys know, I get real serious about it. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us and leave us a review. That would be much, much appreciated. You can find Teresa on Twitter and Instagram and other places at IceColdPenguin. And I am on Twitter at AVGoins. And until next time, keep on reading. And may the force be with you.